what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week, there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 10,000 podcast. We want to take God and bring him into your 10,000. Uh, we don't just want to leave at our faith at church on a Sunday morning, um, but integrate it into all aspects of our life. Um, as you all know, my name is Sawyer Trapp. If you've listened to the podcast before, if you're joining us for the first time, we're so glad that you're diving in, that you're taking the bold step to bring God in your 10,000. Um, I am uh, the student ministry pastor here at Stapleson Church, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Yeah, it's so great uh, for you guys to be listening. Um, I got a lot of questions this week from people on my message from Sunday. So we got a lot of ground to cover today. Yeah. And always, if you do have questions about the message or about anything about the Bible or faith or just some application for your life, what that would look like, send those to Sawyer at strap at stapletonchurch.com. That's trap with two Ps. That's right. I'd love to get your questions and maybe be able to discuss them here on the podcast. But as you said, Matt, yeah, you had a, a lot of questions on... The message mainly was about Jesus being the one that we're looking for, that Jesus yep. provides not only the empathy, but the power, and even the greatness we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But a lot of the questions you had were actually focused on a- another main character in the account that you went through, but John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer. That's right. A lot of people ask me questions about him. Yeah. I, I have a few here that you... you got on Sunday that I thought would be uh, valuable to bring up here in this podcast as we dive deeper. Because I think um, the person of John uh, was really interesting. Um, So he he was called to be God's messenger, to kind of usher in the coming Messiah, to prepare the way. But in in the passage that you spoke on yesterday, John sends some of his disciples to actually go to Jesus and be like, hey, are, are are you the real guy? Like, are you who you say you are? Like, should I believe in you? So um, the first question that you got was, why did he doubt? If he was God's messenger, if he was preparing the way, why did he doubt? Sure. I, I mean, I think that's a good question. Um, so I, I think you can look at it. And in the Gospel of Luke, there's three different times where John is mentioned mm-hmm. throughout the Gospel. And then if you look at some other Gospels, you see some uh, m- slightly more information about who John was. Right. I think the most interesting thing for this is actually the account from the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. not the same John. Different John. Different John. There's a few important Johns in the Bible. <laughs> but um, in there, it tells the first encounter that John the Baptist has with Jesus. And it's when he sees Jesus as he's going through like his dunking, like he's baptizing all sorts of people, Jesus comes up to be baptized, mm-hmm. and John says to everyone that's around him, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Yeah. Pretty powerful declaration. Like, this is the guy. Right. We've been waiting for him. He's mm-hmm. the one that I've been talking about. So that seems like a very bold declara- declaration. And if you combine that with Luke, mm-hmm. 
that obviously had already occurred right. by the time now he's sending his disciples to go check out Jesus. Are you the one? Mm-hmm. So how did he go from such boldness mm, and yeah. clarity and faith, it seems like, to declare Jesus is the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. the Messiah, the Savior, to all of a sudden saying, are you the one? Are you sure? Right. So this is a great question because it's clear that this happened, that John did have, it seems, some doubts, right? Yeah, Definitely. Um, so you could wonder, like, on a theological level, well, why is that? Uh, on a very practical qu- level, isn't that normal? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know? <laughs> the, the real question we should ask is, why doesn't everyone doubt all the time, you know? Because we do <laughs> have... Why do we actually have faith? Yeah. Is why we're not doubting all the time. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, it feels that way. I mean, we yeah. have doubts, we have questions, things that come in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, my gosh, there's no way... Or this thing happened to me, or this thing happened to someone I love. And we have these huge doubts in our faith. Is God there? Is he real? Does he love me? Mm, Does he even care about my situation? All those things we have doubts. Sometimes in the middle of the night, we swear off faith. You know, I'm I'm speaking generally here. but And then in the morning, it's like, oh, everything's fine. Um, But yeah, so, uh, and I think there's periods of time that are more like those nights. So practically, we can say, okay, that makes sense. So what was going on then in John's life that practically caused him to doubt here? Yeah, and I think that's so true, is is what is going on in John's life is he's in prison. <laughs> and I think if, if any of us were in prison, as after we've been God's messenger, we had this elevated status, then we end up in prison, we'd be like, I don't know, is this guy the one? Like, am I doing the right things? Like, I have some questions about this. Yeah. You, we often think that, okay, I'm following Jesus now, I'm being obedient. Right. Or even I'm... In ministry, maybe I'm serving somewhere yeah. in my church. I'm a leader. I'm an elder in my church. I've gone into vocational ministry like you and I. And we think that God is just going to bless us in the sense that we're going to have things go our way. Right. But then, like John, who's the greatest human being to ever live, that's what Jesus declared, thrown in prison mm, for being yeah. obedient to proclaim God's word. Right. And so his circumstances where he's in right now, don't reflect where he felt God was leading him, where he felt yeah. God was calling him. He said, you know, I, I've, I've tried to be faithful to what you're calling me to, of being your messenger, preparing the way. And that got me thrown into prison. Like, yeah. this, is, this doesn't make sense to me. Yep. So I think if you're listening to this, probably you've experienced this. Maybe yeah. you're experiencing that right now. You're thinking, I thought if I'm obedient to God, hey, I started tithing for the first time in my life. I thought mm-hmm. God was going to bless me generously, and now I just lost my job. Yeah. Um, I, I thought doing the right thing was going to mean that uh, the relationship was going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm trying to be faithful now and do what God has said, and she dumped me, yeah. you know? And you feel like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I think it's even more heightened because of what John expected for the Messiah. Mm, yeah. Because Talk a little bit about Messiah, that. Yeah, if this is the Messiah. So the anticipation at the time was a very royal view of the Messiah. Right. That the the royal Messiah would come. And, and some of this is what we're going to see eventually on like when they're entering Jerusalem, the triumphal entry. Palm mm-hmm. Sunday is what we, we often think of. They're shouting Hosanna. It comes from a psalm. Mm-hmm. And they're shouting Hosanna, Hosanna. Here's the king who's riding into town to finally overthrow the Roman government who has been oppressing us. Right. So a We're, royal messiah, but also like a, a militaristic, a, you know. Like, yeah, they're looking for William Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> they're looking for like their brave heart moment. Right. Finally, the messiah is yeah. going to come, pick up his huge sword, lead us into battle, and we're going to have freedom mm, and yeah. autonomy as our own nation mm-hmm. once again. 
and I think John would have gone right into the flow of this. There's a lot of other writings from this time period and earlier. Mm -hmm. So the Jewish thought was very much about the militant, about the royal Messiah who would come and finally overthrow the oppressors and give them their freedom. He'd be the son of David. Mm -hmm. David did that in their time. He threw off the oppressors and gave Israel for the first time their united nation. So they're waiting for that. They're longing for that. And so there's the personal expectations that John has. Hey, I'm in ministry. I'm a great prophet. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Why am I in prison? Two, Jesus, I thought you were the Messiah. Why aren't you overthrowing things? What's taking you so long? Hey, here's a chance. Why don't you come break me out of prison? Yeah. You know, throw off Herod. He's a pretty evil dude. I told mm-hmm. him the truth and he threw me in prison. Right. Yeah. So he has he has some big questions and that's yeah. why, why he sends his disciples to Jesus in the first place to say, hey, what's going on? Explain yourself. Like, this, yeah. isn't where, this isn't where I thought I'd be. Yeah, so th- this should be, in a sense, an encouragement to us. Because if you're thinking, I have too much doubts, mm-hmm. I have personal worries, concerns, I don't know, will God come through? Or I thought God was going to do it differently than I expected, because some of it is just different expectations mm-hmm. than what God actually does. Then you should know that you're not alone. The greatest human being who ever lived, which is what Jesus declared of John in this passage in Luke chapter 7, mm-hmm. he had doubts. So if you do too, it's okay. Right. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have worries, it's concerns, what's going on. You're in good company. That's right. <laughs> we don't want you to stay there, mm-hmm. but no, it's okay that you're there. Right. So second question. So when um, John is interacting, excuse me, when Jesus is interacting with his disciples, with the disciples of John, he says in verse 28 of chapter 7 a really, really interesting statement hmm. that I actually had some questions about. Cause I, 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 yeah, so it says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Now the second part, yet the one who is the least in the kingdom is greater than even he. So the, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. And so if we read that on the surface, it leads us to this question. Is John the Baptist, this messenger of God, this, this preparer of the way, is he not in the kingdom? Mm, and if he's question. not in the kingdom, what does that mean for us? Yeah, <laughs> He's the greatest human being, this right. prophet who was obedient to God, even to the point of being thrown in prison and then later beheaded yeah. for his faith and his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. If he's not in the kingdom, okay, wow. So I think that's a great question. And I think what we need to realize is what is going on with the kingdom of God at this point. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think when we understand that, it helps a little better. So Jesus did proclaim that the kingdom of God has arrived. But there is a sense to the kingdom of God that is already and not yet. Mm -hmm. It's already started from the moment Jesus came onto the earth. Okay. Kingdom of God. Because a way to remember the kingdom is not by a place. It's not a location. Mm -hmm. um, But it's a power. So it's a power, not a place. Mm -hmm. It's really God's reign over his people and in the hearts of his people, not a realm. Okay? So that's one way. So it's power, not a place. It's a reign, not a realm. Okay. If that helps. Because usually we think of kingdom like... Right. You know, I don't even know, the United Kingdom. You know, we think of a very limited location. But really what it's talking about is, traditionally even thinking about it, it's where the queen rules. Mm -hmm. So 
we, we think of just location, but now it's a spiritual thing. It's infiltrating the whole world. That's why there's Jesus tells the parable of the yeast in the dough because it really infiltrates the whole dough. It's everywhere in there and expands mm-hmm. out. So that's why if we you enter the kingdom by becoming a believer, becoming a follower of Jesus, and therefore the kingdom reigns in your heart and reigns wherever you go. Right. It's not by the physical location that you meet. So if you think of it like that, what Jesus is saying is this, this: what is the kingdom of God? And it's already here in a sense, but it's not yet fully here. Right. Already, not yet. Because it's not until the very end that it's fully consummated, that it fully comes, that the kingdom of God comes down from heaven onto earth. There's this beautiful scene in the end of the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. the end of our yeah. Bibles, where the kingdom of God actually comes down to earth. Mm-hmm. And there's a new heaven, new earth. Heaven and earth are actually combined. Boom, it's perfect. The kingdom is here. Yeah. We're not there yet. Not there yet. But another thing to keep in mind is that this kingdom really didn't take off until Jesus had died and rose from the dead. Right. Because then God showed his power fully. Mm-hmm. Because it was in that act by believing in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. When we talk about believing in Jesus, that's what we mean. Right. His death, burial, and resurrection. What he accomplished, what God accomplished through him there is what's important. Yeah. So if you think about it like that, okay, now rewind. <laughs> Maybe we can put in some better sound effects there. If we rewind, we think, well, why is John not in the kingdom? Well, Jesus hasn't died, been buried, and risen from the dead yet. Right. So, if Jesus is the greatest human being up till this point, but all of that was pre-Christ. Mm-hmm. Every human being from Adam up to John the Baptist is pre-Christ, pre-kingdom. Yeah. So that's why he's not. So then the question, what, what do you think, John, or Sawyer, do you think John is in the kingdom now? I mean, the Bible says over and over again that it's not our place to judge, that so we leave that to God. But right. I would say if we if we look at the way that John lived his life, we look at his fruit, mm. um, then I would say uh, we, we can pr- say pretty, we can <laughs> hazard a good hypothesis that John is in the kingdom. Yeah, I think we'd be pretty yeah. safe to say yeah, that, I, I, um, that he is in the kingdom mm-hmm. because here's another, we're talking a lot of theology today. It's true. We're talking a lot of theology, but here's the thing. Every single person who's ever lived that is in the kingdom of God is saved in the same way. A lot of people think mistakenly that Old Testament people were saved in a different manner than New Testament people. Right. They weren't. Anybody in the Old Testament who is saved and going to be in heaven, people like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Daniel, they are still saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. They just looked forward to the Messiah who would come and didn't know his name. Right. We look backwards and do know his name. Okay. So let's say I'm thinking about this, I'm processing through, but it seems that God is interacting with the people differently yes. in the Old Testament. Yes. That they're doing sacrifices, they're trying to live correctly, and if they don't, then they're not following God. Yes, God does interact with his people in different ways in different times. That's very true. They do interact in different ways at different times. However, it's still the same way. Here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. When did God give the Israelites the Ten Commandments? Well, they had left Egypt. They had already been set free. Yeah. They had already left slavery. Mm-hmm. They already had the promised land ahead of them. And then he said, hey, here's ten rules to live by. So God gave them instructions for how to live after they had been saved. Mm. It wasn't in order to be saved. 
just important things. I've never mind. thought about that. You've never thought about that? No, story? I've never thought about that. Okay, well, that good. Is, you can learn from that our... That is really good. I, I believe that there's one way of salvation, that God works through grace. Yeah. From the beginning until the end. And now, these all these people were looking forward to the Savior who would come, the Messiah. It yeah. says in First Peter chapter 1 that the prophets and the angels... It looked intently into these things because they were looking for the Messiah. And finally, we are blessed because we know his name. Right. We know his name. So we look backwards to what he did on the cross. They look forward. So John, in a sense, it hadn't happened. The death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah hadn't happened. Now it has. So John, I believe we can say pretty definitively, is in the kingdom of God. And hopefully one day, you and I and all our listeners who put their faith in Jesus Christ can meet him. Yeah. And that'll be so awesome. It'll be amazing. It'll be so awesome. Okay, final question, and I think I think this is where we maybe we move from a more theological discussion to a really practical one. Good, let's do it. So you said you kind of you kind of gave away the ending, gave away some spoilers that not only not only John was in prison. Yep. And Jesus doesn't rescue him out of prison. Yeah. But actually, it recorded in the other gospels is that he gets beheaded. Yeah. He doesn't get out of prison. He actually gets killed. He's a martyr for the things that he's done. He's a martyr for his faith. Right. So why didn't Jesus rescue him? Man, isn't that the question? Yeah. Somebody asked me that, and I said, you tell me the answer. Yeah. Um, why didn't Jesus rescue John? And we could hazard some guesses. Do you right. have any, Sawyer? I don't. Not, right. not, any, not any that I have fleshed out. The only one that, that, and this sounds very intense, but I think God calls us to specific things. Mm-hmm. And John's purpose, his calling from God, was to prepare the way to lead up to Jesus, and he had done that. And sometimes that means, like, if God is done mm-hmm. with us, then maybe our time has come. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's just a half. Yeah, I think that's really good. Guessed, but Let, let's be honest. These are one of those things we can always ask about the sovereignty of God. Why did yeah. He do it that way and not that way? Mm-hmm. Why did He allow this? But then this person gets protected. Why did he save David from being killed, but yeah. not this person? Why you, do evil people prosper and the, and the good seem to Yeah, so struggle, there's, you know? in one level, we will never have a good answer to yeah. that. Um, when you were talking, though, it reminded me of another person who is a phenomenal prophet of God, obeyed God, did everything, and yet he didn't get to see what he was dreaming about mm. and going towards his whole life. You know what I'm thinking about? I think so. Moses. Yeah, that was my guess. Okay. Think about it. Yeah. Moses, the great prophet, he said, let my people go. You know, he, he called down these you know, plagues on Egypt. He right. led Despite not being people through the Red Sea. You know? I mean, he whacked the rock and water came out. <laughs> you know, I mean, he led the grumbling, complaining Israelites when they were like, maybe we should go back to slavery. And, he, you know, and still God didn't let him into the promised land. Right. He died before he ever saw the land flowing with milk and honey. So, in a sense, I'm John fills that pattern. Yeah, didn't get to see what God brought, and and we wonder, well, why did that happen? Man, it, it's hard to know why. Right. Um, but I think that's helpful for our own lives because there are times when we don't get the miracle. Right. I'm sure John was hoping that. Where's my miracle? You're healing all these people. The dead are literally being raised back. Right. 
Where's you me out of prison? That seems yeah. way easier than right. bringing the dead to life. Yeah, all you have to do is convince Herod to let me out. You right. know, where's my miracle? And if you're listening to this and you've ever asked that question or you're asking that right now, where's my right. miracle? Yeah. I want to encourage you that to keep asking, mm-hmm. keep praying. But sometimes we don't get our miracle. Mm-hmm. John is case in point for it. Yeah. We, we've talked about this before on the podcast, mm-hmm. but sometimes people are like, oh, you don't have enough faith. No, 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 no. Yeah. I think John had enough faith. I mean, mm-hmm. the greatest human being to ever live. Right. Great man of faith. And yet he didn't get a miracle, didn't get rescued. There will come a time where the healing doesn't come, where the person does die, that we don't get the fix for the brokenness in our life that we want. Mm-hmm. When the relationship falls apart. When the relationship does yeah. fall apart. That person leaves us. Um, I mean, we could go on, right? right? We do have to declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. We do lose our business, our job. You get thrown into prison. Right. I mean, these are the things that happen in our life. But what we do know is that even if we don't get our miracle that we're longing for, we still can trust and have faith in a God who is bigger than that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've taught, like, when, when Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, if you ask, you 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 hear, you know, you seek, you find, and if you knock, the door will be opened. Okay, it seems like, okay, great. I just need to ask, and I'll get exactly what I'm looking for. Um, what about the the fish and the, the stone, right? Okay, who of you, if you ask your father, if you ask your dad for a fish, he's going to give you a snake. Right. You know, or for bread, he's going to give you a rock. Like, no, no dad does that in the same way Jesus says our Father in heaven is like that. So he only gives us good gifts. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's more delayed. Yeah. It's not when we want it to. Right. Because John didn't get rescued. He literally lost his head. Mm-hmm. But yet we're even told in the book of Revelation is that it would be the beheaded that will rise first. It's interesting. When it talks about the martyrs, those who have mm-hmm. lost their lives for the sake of the kingdom, they will rise first. Right. Interesting. It specifically mentions those who have lost their heads. Right. Is this a recall back to John the Baptist? Certainly possible. I think so. He's probably yeah. the most famous person who ever lost their head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his head got served on a silver platter. I mean, think of that. Right. How cruel. That's like... You know, decapitating a human body remain. Aren't there laws about that now? Right. now yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like he's already dead. Like, could right. you make it more cruel? Um, and that's what John endured. And yet, he will be the first to rise mm-hmm. in the end. That he will be shown a place of honor. That he will be made great. And even like we talked about, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. We have a greatness that comes with believing Jesus. Yeah. So even when we don't get our miracle, things don't go our way. We can trust God that He will ultimately make it right and way better than we ever could have imagined. Mm. Amen. Amen. And so if you're in that situation right now where you're waiting for your miracle, where you feel like your miracle isn't coming, hold on to faith. Yep. God hasn't forgotten you. Yep. God hasn't left you behind, but he's doing something bigger than any of us can imagine. That's true. And if you do have something, we want to join with you in praying for oh, your yeah, miracle. 100%. If you have something, you're like, I don't even know. I don't even want to ask for it anymore because it's been so long. Mm. Email us. Sawyer Trap. S-Trap at staplesinchers.com. <laughs> Send us in. We will join you in prayer. Uh, We're more than happy to do that with you, even if it's a bold thing that you're like, there's no way. We want to pray with you. We want to answer your questions. We want to stand with you, and we want to help you bring God into your 10,000. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Talk to you then.